What's up, everybody? I'm Sarah. I'm Shauna. I'm Sam. And I'm Bobby. And this is Speaking of Murders. everybody to another episode of speaking of murders and welcome to the new listeners um before we get started on today's episode a little bit of business we have another show speaking of missing persons making sure that you are checking that out uh we have a patreon and that's linked in the show notes our socials are linked in the show notes we're posting pictures there for every episode and uh don't forget to leave us five stars subscribe so you don't miss any episodes. And if you have any case suggestions, send that to our email, speakingofmurders at gmail.com. We read them. We do those. You can listen back to some of our other episodes. We do take those, and we enjoy them. We appreciate them. And uh, one last thing before we get started on today's episode, since it's spooky season, we are going to be doing some bonus episodes to kind of show you what our new show is going to be like. That's coming out after the first of the year. So make sure you're coming back on Thursdays to get those. It's going to be unsolved crimes, so don't miss out on that. Today, Shauna's going to be telling us our about our murders. Or murder, is it one or multiple murders in this one? One murder. One murder? One murder. Who's doing the murdering? Or I do don't we know. have to hear the story to, to find out? I don't know who did the murdering. Oh, so it's an unsolved. So it this, is an unsolved. This is our unsolved. No. This isn't our unsolved. This oh. is our murder, but it is also unsolved. Okay. So me and Shauna decided for the Halloween season we would give you Halloween-related murders. So this... It just so happened to be unsolved also. Today we're going to be talking about Martha Moxley. At the time of her murder, she was a 15-year-old girl, blonde, very popular, extremely friendly girl. She and her family had moved to Greenwich, Connecticut from California roughly 18 months prior to the night of October 30th, 1975, the night she'd be murdered. You don't want to be too friendly. Like, being nice to people, fine. But don't be... Don't be overly friendly, because then you open yourself up to a lot of friggin' weirdos. They said, like, all of... Her friends said that she made friends with everyone within those 18 months. Like, that's, if you're that level of friendly, I feel like you're picking up hitchhikers. You know what I'm saying? Like well, that's, She's 15, so she's not really well, driving. Well, no, but you know but, what I'm saying. It's yeah, that, no, that I get what you. Type, and that, yeah. It's dangerous. That's I, am, I almost picked up a hitchhiker the other day. Don't do that. Why I would you do that? It was like a young, doesn't matter, guy hitchhiking to Walmart. He was wearing his Walmart vest. I contemplated all the time. And I was literally literally (laughs) on my way to Walmart. I was like, this poor guy is going to have to walk all the way there when I could just take him there. That's his choice. I contemplated all the time. It's the Libra energy. (laughs) Especially when I can tell that they're walking to work. Yeah. I'm just like, (laughs) poor 
Yeah, you poor, poor fella. You poor, you poor lady. I don't want to walk to work ever. But no, I contemplate it all the time. And I think there's a difference between being overly friendly and overly trusting. Yes. Like okay. being friendly with everybody, okay. But it's when you are too trusting of everyone, yeah. that's where the problem really is. I feel like they go hand in hand. You I can be friendly so. I, yeah, without f- trusting people. Yeah, it's it's like that. Like you can be courteous uh, to okay. everyone. Okay. All right. Anyway. Miss Moxley. Mm-hmm. So the Moxley family had moved into a neighborhood called Bellhaven. And Bellhaven was described as basically like a community for the wealthy. They had like their own personal guards and like their private their like own private police that like Wow. Like the definition of a gated community. Yeah. Damn. And it was also described as like with giant mansion style houses but compact. So they were really close together. Yeah. Okay. They were like separated by like tall fences and things. They weren't really like huge house, itty bitty yard. Sorta. I think it depended, but yeah, pretty much. Okay. To make this story make sense, we're going to talk about one of those wealthy families that lived in this neighborhood. They were called the Skakels. The Skakels were related to the Kennedys by marriage. Holy so Jesus. How they were related was these kids that I'm going to talk about, their dad's sister married Robert Kennedy. Ethel Kennedy. Anybody? Okay. I don't know that much about the family, only that they come up in a lot of different stuff. Like they, It's like a Kevin Bacon situation. Yeah. You know, <laughs> six degrees to the Kennedys. Yeah. yeah. It's a new game. Is he the one who was sleeping with Marilyn Monroe? N- no. It was John F. Kennedy that was sleeping with Marilyn Monroe. Supposedly. I don't think there's a whole lot of supposedly about that. Uh, no clue. I, I'm not trying to get I assassinated by talking <laughs> badly about the fucking Kennedys, so I here we are. I just knew one of the Kennedys was involved with Marilyn Monroe. No, uh, Robert Kennedy was to take presidency after John F. Kennedy was assassinated. Yeah, he was running for some political stance and got assassinated in a building in a big-ass crowd of people. Weird. Like, when I say big-ass crowd, he was in the middle of them, like, compact, like a concert. Are we talking about John F. Kennedy or Robert F. Kennedy? Robert Kennedy. Because I'm pretty sure didn't John F. Kennedy get... He got killed in a car. In a car in the middle of a crowd of people? I mean, but he was in a car. When I say Robert was in the crowd, I mean they were like everybody was touching one another. Like he was sniper shot in the back of the fucking head. Anywho, October 30th clearly would change Martha's life forever. She had left her house to go with a couple of the neighborhood kids to pull harmless Halloween pranks. It was tradition in this neighborhood. Like, TPing people's houses, shaving cream in mailboxes, egging cars, pee water balloons. That yeah. sounds like pretty mean, bad behavior for well, someone described like as very nice. Teen pranks. Yeah. Well, the the yeah, thing about it, egging a car or a house, just is don't the, do it. The thing about it was, was in this neighborhood, all of the adults allowed this. They, they were wanted like the paint stripped from their cars. I'm, well, they were all rich. I don't think they cared. They really, it was 
described as a tradition that these kids had done every year on the night before Halloween. So she had went out and before she had left, she had told her mom, hey, I'm going to be home kind of early-ish. I don't plan on staying out all night. But she never did return home. So it said that her mom went to sleep around 1030 at night. So she was more or less expecting her around 930, but it wasn't set in stone that that was when she was coming home. So her mom sat down on the couch and accidentally fell asleep. And she woke up around 3 a.m. And when she woke up, Martha wasn't home. So Dorothy, her mother, immediately reported her missing. Yeah, makes sense. Police launched an investigation that morning around like 5 a.m., but not a very good one. When I say the police like made this a whole ass mess, the police made this a whole ass mess. Oh, uh, this is the neighborhood police? Or no, like, like this is the actual like police. Gotcha. Outside of their gated community. Yeah, outside okay. of the gated community. But again, I don't go too much into it, but let's real talk about it. We're talking about a family associated with the Kennedys. There is a lot of talk that whoever might have killed her was paid off to not talk about it or that the police were paid off or whatever. It is discussed widely that this could have been a cover-up case. Okay. Around noon, one of Martha's friends was walking the neighborhood and discovered Martha's dead body. Yikes. She was found under a group of pine trees at the end of her own backyard. She was 200 feet from her house. Wait a minute. I know this case. I remember this case. It's a really popular case. So first of all, we're going to go with whoever did this lived in this gated community because it was a gated community with guards. Uh, that's not entirely true. Because it was also said that this neighborhood backed up to a freeway. Well, what? I don't subscribe to that theory at all. I'm just saying that this neighborhood did back up to a freeway, and the police would tell you that you could get past the guards and police, no fucking problem. Am I saying I think it's an outside source? No. But I, it could potentially be one. Doubt it. Highly doubt it. Yeah, I highly I, doubt it highly also. Doubt it. There is one particular person that I'm like 95% sure fucking did this. We'll talk about it. Because I think that I know too. But when she was found, her pants and underwear were around her ankles. But there was no sign of sexual assault. It was like they attempted but didn't actually do it. Oh, like they might have been caught. Or got right. spooked. Interrupted. Yeah. yeah. She had been beaten with a golf club. Oh, it was somebody in the gated it, community. Right. She was hit at least a dozen times with it. And was it was with so much force that it broke the golf club in three different places. So Holy it was shit. in three separate pieces. But they only found they only found two of the three pieces it was broken into. The killer had also used one of those pieces, so like the shaft piece of it, to stab her at least five times. What the fuck? fuck? That sounds very personal. Doesn't it, though? That's why why I feel like me and Bobby are on the same page of who it was. Mm -hmm. It sounds very personal. Like, they were very pissed off at her. Right. Like, jealous. Jealous. Uh, I'm getting jealousy vibes. I'm getting 
Yeah. Did she I don't steal know. someone's boyfriend? No. I don't know. <laughs> so the way that the scene played out was she was standing at the end of her driveway and it was like a U driveway. So she was mm-hmm. standing at one end right. of it. She was smacked in the left temple with the golf club and land like hit the ground like face first. Okay. So she's laying on her stomach. They then pull her by her ankles face down to a different spot and beat her and then pull her to the back of her yard. And that's where they stabbed her? That's, they, like, beat and stabbed her and all that in one spot and then, like, pulled her to the spot where she was found. probably tried to hide her body. That's my guess. They probably didn't want to beat her and stab her in the driveway because they would be more likely to be caught. And they had no security cameras or anything in this place? It was 1975. Oh, fuck, that's right. (laughs) I forgot about that. It was said that when they think she was killed... The whole community was still awake. I mean, it's the night before Halloween. Kids are playing pranks. Like, there was yeah, a lot you know of hustle there's and bustle house going, on. going on. And stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, it, keep that they in They don't mind have also. like real, like, I'm sorry. There's probably jobs. cocktail parties going on. Yeah. <laughs> Fancy masquerade balls. So, the police decided her time of death based on because when they started interviewing people, no one heard or saw anything. They well, claim. I'm sure she got so blind, they claim. But if she got blindsided, she wouldn't have screamed. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Just, just say it. They picked her time of death because at 10 p.m., that is when a few of the neighborhood dogs started going crazy, like barking furiously. They couldn't stop them, supposedly, to these neighbors. Okay. So that's how they pick the time of death. So they think she was killed at 10 p.m. So, like, right when her mother happened to fall asleep. Yeah. Okay. All right. Now, let's backtrack to before when she got murdered. Let's talk about what went down that night. Like, okay. What these kids say happened. After all the fun was over... A group of three, Martha, Helen, and Jeffrey, all got together in the Skakel's driveway. When they got there, they met with 15-year-old Michael Skakel. The four of them piled into one of their fancy-ass motherfucking cars so that they could listen to tapes in the car. Tapes? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Surprised it was an eight. Are you sure it was an eight? No, it was tapes. This was... A rich just, family. I was just being a smartass. No, I, I understand because I had to double check it too, but no, it was tapes. Okay, and let's not talk too much shit on 8-track because I actually kind of liked it. <laughs> I didn't mind tapes. Some of our listeners may not know what any of those words mean. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't mind tapes. I'm old-ish. Cassette okay. tapes. Okay, so Martha and Michael are in the front seat. And then Helen and Jeffrey are in the back. Around 9.15, Tommy, who is 17, and Michael's older brother, joined Martha and Michael in the front seat. It's said by Helen that Tommy had his hand on Martha's, like, thigh in the front seat. So there's four people in the front seat? No, there's three people now in the front seat. Martha, Tommy, and Michael. Tommy and Michael are brothers. Okay. After 10 minutes, one of the Skakel's older siblings, there's like 
I didn't write it down, but there was like 10 of them. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. I don't remember the exact number. Me either, but I know that it was at least eight. So one of the Skakel's older siblings basically came outside and was like, hey, I need to take our cousin home. Get the fuck out the car. And so... Did they say it just like that? Get the fuck out of the car? No, I am just (laughs) improvising because it sounds better. They... Open the door and said, hey, yo, bitch. I didn't say, uh, they were quoted saying this. This is how I opened the door. They were like, "Mm, we got to go to tea time. (laughs) (laughs) So can you like, you know. I doubt it. So the older sibling, the cousin, and Michael all leave. Leaving Tommy, Helen, Martha, and Jeffrey in the driveway. At that point, Helen and Jeffrey were like, eh. We're just going to go home. So they took off. As they were leaving the driveway, um, Martha said that she saw Tommy push Martha. You mean Helen? Yes. Helen said that there's a lot of names here. Okay. I know. I'm trying to keep track. (laughs) Okay. So Helen said that as her and Jeffrey were walking away and like because they left in the same direction that they saw Tommy push Martha kind of hard. But their vision was kind of blocked because the Skakels had, like, a brick wall that, like, backed up to their porch or whatever in their backyard. So she wasn't 100% sure that that's what she saw, but she's pretty sure. Okay. Um, Which, if I'm just going to, like, throw a scenario in my head, it's going to be her and Tommy had a relationship he walked out. She was sitting in the front seat of the car with Michael. He's yelling at her. No. Nope. Um, Tommy was making advancements at her and she was refusing? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, at this point, Tommy and Martha are still alone in the driveway. At 9.30 p.m., Tommy's sister had walked outside to take another person home because they had all went to dinner prior So she said that she saw Tommy go back in the house at 9.30 p.m. Remember, they think she was killed at 10. Okay. Convenient. Tommy said that night he had talked to Martha for a little bit, but then went back in, like, went inside straight to his room to finish homework. It was apparently a really, like, needed paper on Abraham Lincoln. That's, like, literally quoted. And it wasn't actually Halloween yet. It was still the day before. Right. That's really weird that he was doing a paper on Abraham Lincoln, considering how much Abraham Lincoln and John F. Kennedy's lives mirror each other. Yeah. It's very creepy. That is weird. When police asked Tommy about what Martha had told them about him, like, pushing her, he said that he didn't remember roughhousing with Martha at all. So rough housing. That's what he called it. It was rough housing. <laughs> I know that's what he called it because it was the seventies. I'm just laughing because it was the choice of words of a seventeen yeah, year old in the seventies. Yeah. I wasn't rough housing her. Tommy clearly became a suspect in Martha's murder. He was the last one to see her alive. Clearly. Yeah. Tommy, however, passed two lie detector tests and was he past i'm using air quotes because the first one he was given was inconclusive of course but the second one he passed like he actually passed okay gary ridgeway passed freaking two lie detector tests and he was a murderer i get i get it i'm just saying okay 
uh, his dad, whose name is Rushton, at first his dad had allowed police to check Tommy's school and medical records. Um, but then, like, a um, couple months later, in January, he hired a lawyer and then put a stop to all of it. So, they were cooperating at first and then stopped. It is said, also, that the golf club, the pieces that they found, did match a set that was found in the Skakel home that had belonged to their late mother. Okay. Interesting. That part I hadn't heard because my understanding of the story was that I don't remember if it was the... The Skagels are the ones that were related to the Kennedys, correct? Yep. Yes. Okay, so it was my understanding that not only do they have golf clubs within their house, but they kept sets of golf clubs around in different places on their property in it areas was, that are accessible to anyone. From all of the articles and that I've read, that I read about this, and I read a lot of articles, it was more or less said that they could have just dropped this club in the yard, and someone could have picked it up to use it as a weapon, which is why they called it circumstantial evidence is because Mm. they couldn't tie that golf club, even though it was theirs, to them actually wielding it as the weapon. Gotcha. Because they're like, oh, because they used to stand out and they were, they would basically hit golf balls in their backyard. So they're like, oh, well, they could have thrown it down or blah, blah, blah. So that's why the golf clubs became circumstantial evidence. Gotcha. But the golf club was their golf club. Hmm. Hmm. It's a little convenient. They even asked Tommy's teacher about the homework he said that he went inside to do. And the teacher went, I didn't, I I don't know anything about that. So he did not have to do a paper on Abraham Lincoln. A very important paper on Abraham Lincoln. Hmm. We're going to talk about suspect number two, though, because that's all they have on Tommy, basically, is he was the last one to see him, and one of his family's golf clubs was the golf club that was used to murder so her. He was right. suspect To me, one. it's very um, weird that if his mother, you said his mother was deceased? She died of cancer, like okay, a year so prior to this event. It's weird to me that they would just be using her golf clubs still instead of like them being put somewhere like she probably had like more than one set yeah i don't know but it's still if they're specifically saying these were our moms our late moms golf clubs right that they would just be wielding them randomly outside to conveniently drop it in the ground yeah yeah what I thought was weird was when the police found the golf clubs to compare them they were in the garage like, the whole, the other, like, the set, the rest of it was in the garage. Mm. So, mm. That, that's, that got me, which I didn't say. It's weird. Anyway, so, suspect, suspect number two. These aren't in order of how they thought that they were suspect, because to be, fir- to be fair, Tommy wasn't actually suspect number one. Oh, gotcha. Surprising. Yeah, he was uh, suspect number two, technically, and this guy would have been the third one that they... Like, in order, if you want to gotcha. get technical. So we're not covering them in their no, actual No, it just order. makes, it made more sense to cover them this way versus... Gotcha, okay. Because I put them more likely to least likely of their suspects. Gotcha. Okay, so 
This man was Kenneth Littleton. He was the live-in tutor of the Skakels. He had just been hired within the month. Yeah, a live-in tutor. Kenneth said that he had seen Tommy that night around 10.30 p.m. when he had sat down in the den to watch TV with him. So according to Kenneth, Tommy didn't walk through the door until 10.30 p.m. But his sister's saying she saw him in the house at 9.30. Okay. Kenneth didn't become a suspect until like a few months after the murder. And it was only because police had discovered that a year prior he had been arrested for petty crimes. So literally because you're an outsider and you've committed small crimes before, it automatically had to be you. Yeah, and like when I say you're the hired help. When I say petty crimes, I mean like burglary, like robbery. (laughs) 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 But like of small stuff, like non-valuable things. He also failed three lie detector tests. It doesn't mean shit. No, I don't think it does either. Uh, Police decided to check his bank records to see if he might have been paid off to, like, just not talk about who murdered uh, Martha. Not that he actually did it, but that he was, like, covering it up because he knew. And they found no proof that he had been paid any substantial amount of money. Although, it is weird, though, that... If he saw Tommy coming home at 10.30, he would not have seen any kind of blood on him. Yeah, because he said that Tommy walked through the door and sat down on the couch. So that makes me believe it was not Tommy. Except I'm thinking that this is a huge fucking mansion with multiple different entrances. And maybe his sister did see him go in at 9.30. He went back out afterwards murdered martha snuck back in changed his clothes and then walked back in the house at 10 30 to sit down yeah, in the den that's that a lot that seems too like much. a lot that's too much just, i was gonna say how close were their houses to each other okay well well i'm thinking that's a lot they were just like to have catacorn. someone have a visual on him afterwards where the timeline's not going to line up anyway um hold on we'll get we'll get further into tommy in a minute because things change over the years here Suspect number three police suspected was um, a man named Edward Hammond. He was 26. He was a neighbor. So basically, the Skakels lived like catty corner to her. And then Edward didn't technically live in the community, but he lived like behind them. So he was in that part of the, that like had backed up to the freeway. He was not quite in the community, but lived close. close. Okay. Police say that they had gotten a pair of bloody pants out of his house, uh, but they never said if they tested it to anything. Well, the only thing they would have been able to test it is to see if the blood type matched. Yeah, I know. It's the 70s. That's about as far as they could go. They also viewed him as a suspect because where Martha's body was left could be seen from his house. Interesting. Um, But when they interviewed Edward's mom, she said, we spent the entire night together watching TV. And he also passed a lie detector test. So, to me, personally, I think it was Tommy. But. I don't think it was He was the last one to see her. I mean, yeah, that sucks. He was the last one to see her. But again, I'm going to say, if he walked in that house 30 minutes after... 
he she supposedly got killed and he's not got any blood on him whatsoever and his hair's not wet like he showered or anything like that i don't know how it would i be. mean unless there's a cover-up and not everything is being said which is highly fucking I possible mean, could be Anywho, because it's really possible uh, they more than likely have you know a fucking shower room outside by the pool situation no i that's why i said like you would think his hair would be wet or like something yeah but at the same time if he was like freshly showered or whatever i don't think that they would think that that was fucking weird and also my thing is is like you're a 17 year old boy this committing your very first murder and you tried to rape her you would have adrenaline like so fucking high that coming in and just walking in and sitting down on a fucking couch and acting like nothing happened would be very hard i mean everybody's built different i didn't include this but one of the things that they think happened with tommy was he committed the murder like they This is their, like, actual thought, is that Tommy committed the murder, but immediately forgot everything, because that happens. They they actually mentioned... Oh, like a blackout situation? No, 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 like, like OJ. Like, they bring, they compare this case to OJ a lot. Basically, what they said happened to OJ was he committed the murder, but had basically not blacked it out, but just repressed it immediately to the point of forgetting that it happened yeah it's like traumatic amnesia like so just like that's what they think happened relate. to tommy force your brain to forget about it because in one of their interviews they're well, that's like pretty damn fast to forget something though i don't know they said that it could happen immediately even during the act of doing it your brain is just the way that it sounds was he wanted her Police also, like, really looked into Tommy because Martha had made diary entries talking about Tommy's interest in her romantically, but she didn't feel the same. Her friends said that she had a boyfriend at this time, like, when this happened. And so that makes me believe that since it was a sexually motivated crime, that when he went to you know, like, actually have sex with her, he freaked out and just beat the fuck out of her instead. Yeah, I don't think so, because he blindsided her first. So he went in with the intention of raping her while she was unconscious. I mean, hypothetically, because we still don't know exactly who did this for sure. Well, okay, so, no, I know, but what I'm saying is if she got blindsided and hit on the side of the head first... Okay, what I am envisioning is they were in the driveway. He was making advancements at her. She was telling him no. Like, I've told you this a thousand times. It's a no. She walked home across the street. Right. He got pissed, grab a glo- grabbed the golf club out of the garage. Right. In the heat of the moment, walked across the street while she was walking up her driveway and just smacked the shit out of her ass. See, that's knocked what, that's, her out. That's what I had in my head. Not with the, he didn't knock her out in the, with the intent of raping her. He knocked her out because he was fucking pissed off. And then in the heat of the moment, just kept fucking hitting her. But he drug her out of view first and then finished beating her. 
Right. Like it was a, he was just that fucking angry. Right. But there's also the scenario where her pants and her underwear being pulled down could have literally just been to, for show. Yeah, I was going to say, not with any intent of actually doing anything, just to make it look as if somebody... Yeah, yeah, I mean, it could have been a cover-up. Not really a cover-up, but like a way of embarrassing her further. Or misdirection. Yeah. That's what I meant by cover-up, was it would have thrown it into a different... Right. In 1995, it was reported that Tommy had changed his original story, because according to Tommy, he was also in the house by 9.30. But... He later changed his statement to he actually hung out with Martha 20 minutes longer than he said he did with intent for them to have sex. He said this in 1995? Yeah, to a private investigator. So 20 years later? Yeah, but can you really believe the private investigator? What they think this move was about was in 1995, DNA samples were better. And they think Tommy was afraid that if he didn't add that... I see what you're saying. That that they could be like, okay, well, we have this DNA on her and you were there. So now he's putting himself there. Yeah. So he can be like... Well, that's why I was there. That's why I was there. That yeah, but I mean, hanging sense. out with her twenty for 20 minutes longer puts him with her... When she was murdered. In his mind, though, it only puts him with her until what? Ten until minutes right beforehand. Before. Right before. So that would give someone else ten minutes... To come behind him and murder her. But the time of death is not that accurate. No, because they're just going by barking fucking dogs in the damn neighborhood. Yeah. So there was no hard, even by 1995, there was still no hard evidence to convict anyone with her death. And they couldn't take it to a grand jury because, again, they only had circumstantial evidence. Right. So they didn't want to risk trying to charge Tommy and it failing. Right, because of double jeopardy. Right. So over the years, the case went cold until one day, Rushton, the dad of Tommy and Michael, Pointed, started pointing the finger at Michael. See, he, I was wondering this whole time. He, for real, called him out. Was like, Michael fucking killed her. Michael, because I didn't tell you his alibi. So basically, he left to take the cousin home. And then he came back. He said that he went straight upstairs and went to sleep. That was his original statement. After Rushton started pointing the finger at Michael, he said he had actually returned that night but didn't go straight upstairs. Instead, he went and climbed the tree outside Martha's window and masturbated. What time was this? It didn't say. It was it was He's just, just masturbating at the window even though she's not even in there. Uh, that's what it said. That's what he said. Was that he climbed the tree to masturbate. And from what I understand, that wasn't the first time that had happened either. I it never said, but if he did it once, he probably did it multiple times. See, I was wondering from the beginning if it was him. Something about it just gave me this. Well, I mean, they were the same age, though, weren't they? They yeah, were the they were same age. 15. He was in the car with her first, sitting up front. Like, the first thing, the first thought I got is when they got into the car, originally, they coupled off. Yeah. It was like, it made me think of, like, an old, like, if they were sitting and watching a drive-in movie. Okay. It would be a guy. I, I understand, yeah. Yeah. 
And then his brother comes in and like, oh, get the fuck out of the way, get the fuck out of the way, rubbing on her leg, yeah. like trying to hook up with her. And Michael's sitting there like, uh, what the fuck, bro? What the fuck? <laughs> I like her too. I'm sitting outside her window masturbating. Like, you like, know I'm, this man. <laughs> I'm like that obsessed with her. And it became like a, I'm going to f- make it where neither of us can have her kind of a deal. I do want to say that Helen and Jeffrey were not coupling up. Helen was 15 and Jeffrey was like eight. But yes, I just wanted to clarify for Helen's sake. Oh, I didn't know that the, he was a little kid. Yeah, he was like, he wasn't their age. But well, I do understand it. It yeah. made it sound like. Well, because I didn't think that their ages mattered because they were there. I just put them there. Their ages mattered because why was an eight year old going? I think out? he was actually he was 10. I think he was pranking neighbors. I think he was actually 10. So he was 10 hanging out with 15 year olds. And this was like, these kids grew up together. Except for anyway, it's not important. That's why I made it in my mind the second. No, but I get you. They were sitting in the front seat together. And then his brother is like, oh, no, I'm going to get with her. It it was more about, you know, Martha, Tommy, and Maybe they did it together. Uh, uh, that is a theory that her mom did have was that someone held her while she was being beaten. Yeah, that it was both of them. It could have been both of them, but I digress here. It was also like, it also came to light that he, that Michael had confessed to killing Martha while he was in a reform school in 1978. And this took a lot of like... They had a lot of workarounds to get through to, like, being able to use that confession as testimony because this reform school was, like, a a psychiatric hospital. Right. So, like, everything said in the hospital was confidential. Right. And so it took them a long while to, like, be able to get the proper clearance for, like, all that to use this dude's information right in 1998 it was taken in front of a one-man jury and after 18 months michael was indicted for the murder of martha uh he had surrendered to police on this indictment uh may 2002 by august he was sentenced and sentenced to 20 years to life for her murder the following year an old classmate of michael's said that Michael's friends were visiting that night, like he had two friends that were visiting, and that they claim that they killed Martha, these two random friends of Michael's that didn't live in Bellhaven. So my, I could see it. So Michael's lawyers took the classmate's story and tried to get him a new trial based on it. Like, hey, these two also confessed to this murder. He needs right, a new because trial. They're only con- they're only convicting him by a confession, confession. he made in a hospital. Right. Mm, I agree with you. The trial was denied though. They said, No, fuck you. Fuck off. You already confessed. Show it up your ass. I'm sure that's the exact words they used. <laughs> <laughs> they might have. It's two thousand two at this point. They might have said, Shove it up your ass. It's two thousand three. Uh anyway, in two thousand ten. Michael got new legal representation and which they filed an appeal for him based on the fact that his first legal team was incompetent as fuck. And it was granted. 
In 2013, he got a new trial based on the fact that his first legal representation was incompetent. Okay. After 11 years in prison, Michael was a free man. In 2016, Connecticut Supreme Court reinstated his original conviction and put him back in prison. Happens. Then in 2018, the Supreme Court re like they changed the sentence again, making him a free man. It happens. <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of back and forth happening here. Yeah, because right. they're sitting, they don't know yeah, whether they he did really it or know. not. I also feel like over this period of time, there's like new people working there, new people coming in, yeah. and it's just like... Well, I think you sit on the Supreme Court for a long time. Oh, well, that's true. In that's 2020... True. Basically until you die. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> By 2020, Michael can no longer be retried for the murder of Martha. They Connecticut went, he's free, fuck it, he can't be retried now. Don't even bring it up. Making this case a cold case. It is still unsolved. Yeah, technically, because he got convicted, then unconvicted, then convicted, then unconvicted. (laughs) So, therefore, they have no clue. And because it happened in 1975, they're like, we're no longer wasting resources on this. Pretty pretty much. much. Yeah. That's pretty much how it happened. In my opinion, it was Tommy and Michael, though. It was one of the two of them or both of them together, I feel like. Like, that is my opinion. I'm not stating that as fact. That is how I feel. I don't think that um, Kenneth had anything to fucking do with it. He might have known about it, but I don't think that he was involved in any way. Because like you said, it would be weird there being no blood. But again, he was a paid employee, so like, maybe he did know. Well, I mean, as far as I know, no one actually saw him come in and go straight to bed. No, no. Uh, no Kenneth one. said that Tommy She's walked about Tommy. in. Yeah, Tommy walked in but at no, ten thirty. No one and ever, sat down and watched TV with him. But no one no, ever saw the, Michael coming in and going straight to bed. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's why I'm leaning more towards it was Michael. It could have been. Well, I'm saying I don't disagree with the possibility of it being both of them. Right. But Michael being the one who did all of the dirty work. You know and what I'm Tommy saying? Knowing because it. nobody saw him come in and go straight to bed. Right. He could have been coated in blood American psycho style and uh, nobody would have seen him. Like True. Tommy was the distraction for Michael to go clean up. Yeah. Yeah, yes. that could have been a thing. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. Again, we're it not was the situation of so. if neither of us can have her, then no one can. Yeah. Kind and of a just, deal. Just for clarification, we're not accusing anybody. This is all our opinion. Yeah, this is just opinion. Take it for what it's worth. And it's worth nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Good night, everybody. I don't know. This case just I don't really know why you fucking to threw me. It really did. Because they also tried to go, like, they also tried to get one of the Skakel's cousins that lived in Florida on charges because he had raped a woman down there. They're like, oh, well, he raped a woman down there, so he must have done it. Sounds like a (laughs) stand-up family. Mm. Oh, well, they are related to the Kennedys. It's like the Kennedys and Skakel's are, like, right next door, and there's so much shit that the Kennedys have hidden. Like, the fact that the Kennedys' fucking sister was one of the first people to get fucking lobotomized. Yeah, let's not go there. The fact that they were, like, holding hands with all the gangsters 
I'm just saying, the Kennedys have covered up crimes for as long as the Kennedys have been a fucking famous family. I love you, but there's that. Don't come for me, I swear. <laughs> for enough hope. But the Skakels were described basically the same fucking way as the Kennedys. Like, they pushed all the family problems under the fucking rug. The fact that Rushton came out so long after the fact to point the finger at Michael made me believe it was more Tommy. Like, you know, Tommy's the better son. Oh, like the favorite and the dad is just like, fuck it. Uh, It was that one. It was that one. (laughs) Get off my fucking back. Stop talking about my favorite son. It was that one. Could be. Like, that was the feeling that I got from it because why out him in the first fucking place? It's an interesting one. This is an interesting one. All right. Well, if you enjoyed today's episode, let us know. Leave us five stars. Leave a comment. Leave a review. Send us an email. Reach out to us. We check our DMs. So <laughs> slide into those slide, DMs. Slide into our DMs. Um, <laughs> does anyone have any final thoughts on any of this? No. Nope. No. All right. Don't forget to come back on Thursday to get that sneak peek of our new unsolved podcast okay so that unsolved podcast is uh fantastic i will be telling the first one so come back all right <laughs> we will see y'all on thursday bye 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 bye, bye. bye.